0: Hi Richard, it's Jay Landers. I'm sure you've had many illustrious guests on your show, but now you can say you've interviewed a number one best-selling author. How about that? Um, I just wanted to congratulate Matt and his publisher Scott for the success of his book, and I want to tell Barbara's fans that if they really want to take a deep dive into her catalog and read interesting facts and fun stories and see great photos that you won't see in other places, then get a copy of Barbara, the music, the albums, and the singles. Um, I think the big takeaway for me is the remarkable variety and adventurous musical choices Barbara's made throughout her career, and Matt points all of those out. Um, She's accomplished that rare feat of remaining relevant and contemporary by staying true to her core artistic values, And to learn how she did that makes for a fascinating book. So thanks for having Matt on your show. And stay tuned for more Barbara this year and next year, because that book is going to need a few more chapters soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Hello,
1: gorgeous.
0: (laughs) Wow.
2: I'm... I'm actually a little verklempt right now. Well, That's very sweet
1: well congratulations, first of all. <laughs> uh, h- hello, everybody, and welcome to Richard Skipper celebrates. <laughs> I I, for, uh, I decided to forego my usual opening tonight because Barbara deci- deserves something a little special. I can't believe that it was a year ago that we celebrated her 80th birthday. Uh, and uh, you can go and look at that. We have got great montage there. Um, my name is Barbara, premiered, can you believe it, 58 years ago this week. Did you know um, that? I, well, now
2: that you played the clip, I'm like, oh, of course.
1: You <laughs> well, 19- know how I know that?
2: Well, do you know how I know that? Uh, you were watching it? I don't know.
1: Because it's in your amazing book. It is so amazing. And I have to tell you, uh, everybody, you've got to get this book. Uh, it is, if you are a fan of Barbara Streisand, and who isn't? Uh, this is the definitive book on her music, and we're going to talk about this. You know, I I was very fortunate to have Jay Landers, who we just heard, uh, on the show uh, last month. And Jay, you know, I heard him say something uh, when he was on your show, and how lucky are you that he's, I had him once. You ha- have had him, how many times has he done your show?
2: Well, he's done it twice, but... Because we covered so much, and because he so, tells such great stories, we extended each visit by three. <laughs> so yeah. I, he's—I think six episodes maybe altogether. But that's because he's so delicious and and giving, and um, tells some great stories. And he has—he's the reciprocal of at least since the '90s of working on every Streisand album. So he's very—he's a very very important person.
1: First yeah, and 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 I was looking this morning, I was going through this again this morning. And uh, how, how many recordings of people did you say that she's done? I mean, you have oh boy, uh, Jay Lanners said that you leave no. Barbara Streisand Stone, Unturned. And that's absolutely (laughs) true. Uh, And one of the things that I, well, there's so many things that I love about your book, and I'm going to dissect so many of them on the the show today. Uh, Everybody, uh, get ready. You're going to need an insulin shot after today's show because uh, I just absolutely, uh, I love you. Uh, Don Berger says, don't forget that Shirley McLean's birthday is also today. I know that the show we're celebrating Barbara Uh You've got to write a book about uh, Shirley MacLaine.
2: I wish I knew more. Um, uh, you know, I just watched her, um, uh, she made a, a movie at which she started herself, which was a, the adaptation of the book about her finding her past lives. Uh, she was really good at about. it, <laughs> yes.
1: You know, the funny thing, I, the true story, I, <clears throat> years ago, I was doing Summer Stock and I was in Front Royal, Virginia, and mm-hmm. I am under a tree reading this book, and in the very beginning of the book, she said, "I was born near Front Royal, Virginia." And I went, "Woo, right. woo, 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 woo!"
2: There it was. Right, right. So, she and she and Warren Warren Beatty are Virginians. Yes.
1: Yeah, so every time I pass through Front Royal, <laughs> uh, I think of her. Um, and uh, I, I want to go back. Uh, when, where, and how did it begin for you? Uh, your love of Barbara. I'm slightly older than you, more than slightly. Uh, so uh, I know where it began for me, but where did it begin for you?
2: It was Yentl. Um, I, I talk. I've I've talked about this before, but I mean, it, it, I um uh, my uh, I I bought my sister um a, an Olivia Newton-John album for her birthday in October, and back in the day. Um, When we opened it up and we put it on to play it, it was vinyl and it was warped and wouldn't play. So I took it back and got another version. It was warped and wouldn't play. So then I took it back again and I was like, let's try something different. And I said, Yentl, that Barbara Streisand, that seems interesting. And then I took over the album and I played it over and over and over again because I was so obsessed. And then I saw the movie. Because the movie came out in December, the soundtrack was out like in October and November, and that I, I just and then when I saw her hang on to the side of the boat and sing "Papa Watch Me Fly," and then the the camera goes back and then that note held forever and a day. I was completely obsessed and a fan forever.
1: Well, I am old enough to remember a lot of these television specials when they first aired um and i had a what my one of my favorite television specials which will surprise a lot of people first of all what do you have a favorite out of all of the television specials that she did yeah
2: i tend these days i tend to go for concert specials and um like tonight to celebrate barbara uh, i think i'm going to watch timeless because i haven't seen it in a while
1: that's great that's
2: timeless great. is fun but I, but i also like 2006 and I love to go on Netflix and watch the music, the memories, the magic.
1: Wow, <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna go even further back. Uh, my, yeah. my, one of my favorites uh, was Barbara Streisand and other musical instruments. Yeah. It was just so unusual, and for her to have this. And one of the things uh, that I love, I'm going to ask everyone. Uh, we, we've got a quote here uh, from Yvonne. I want I want this to be an interactive show today. Uh, so uh, everyone, and if you want to come on, I can send you a link so you can actually come on and ask Matt a question. I'm taking a page from your uh, own. Uh, podcast, uh, Matt, (laughs) Uh, if you want to come on, just let me know and I will send you a link. Uh, You can come on camera and ask Matt a question. Uh, But those of you who have received the book, a lot of you are receiving the book today. Um, I received mine uh, either last week or the week before. I'm so glad
2: you got yours, Richard. I'm so glad. I'm glad Yvonne Yvonne must have ordered from um, Amazon probably because Amazon just shipped too. Yeah.
1: And here we we also have this from the Blue Rose Magazine, got your book, and it is the best barber book ever, finally, about the music. Uh, and I'm <laughs> going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, so everybody, if you have, look through the book. I know that you're just getting it, but I want you to look through the book and I want you to point out what you already think will be your favorite aspect of the book. <clears throat> Let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that on so we can talk about these things. Because... What I love, as Jay said, that you leave no Barbara Stone unturned. One of the things that I love about your book is that you really tell the behind the scenes of the albums and the specials and everything. But then, separately, you give Matt's view of the show. And so that you're not interrupting it with, well, these are my opinions, You separate it completely. Was that a choice that you made or was that an editorial choice uh, from the publisher?
2: Yeah, that's Scott Ryan with Fayetteville Mafia Press. It was his suggestion. And I fought him on it at first. I said, well, I don't give my opinion on the website. It's just factual. It's just factual. And he said, well, you have to, you know, you have to give your opinion. And at first I was embarrassed and I was, you know, I was afraid, you know, that the fans wouldn't like me. (laughs) <laughs> if I said you know what I really thought but frankly it became more freeing as I went along and um and I enjoy giving my opinion and my opinion's not bitchy or mean or 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 unfounded in fact and sometimes it's just personal opinion you know I don't like rock so much I don't like um I don't like uh classical music so I mean what am I going to do about that other than <laughs> yeah, other
1: You than know saying. what you like and you know what you don't like. You know, it's very yeah. interesting because in the world of Judy Garland, for example, mm-hmm. uh, she has rabid fans. Mm-hmm. And Barbara also has, uh, with all due respect to all the fans out there, rabid fans. Oh, yeah. And when it comes to those rabid fans, <clears> there <throat> also comes a sense of ownership. Uh, with the fans. And so fans are like, they are right in terms of their beliefs of uh, of her. And they do not want to hear sometimes what other people's opinions are of this. Um, what are the pluses and minuses that you have dealt with? Because it's not just this book. You've got the Barbara archives and they've been going back a long while. And uh, look over your shoulder, Matt. I mean, there you are. Uh, with oh. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the <laughs> photograph. Is somebody coming for me already? I'm looking at the photograph of you with Barbara. I mean, yeah, Barbara, and Jamie right? Fox, yes. Jamie Fox,
2: and me, and Barbara. Uh,
1: tell us about oh. that photograph. Uh,
2: and then I want to answer your thing about pluses and minuses about uh, about that. But the the photograph was taken backstage during the Netflix taping, which would have been December. I I, I think it was. 2016 i think that's right
1: that was down in miami Um,
2: miami yeah it was december the 5th and um it was two days after my 50th birthday so um what a present that was but i mean the pluses and minuses of giving my opinion the pluses is i've i've been sent and i've read and people have sent me emails and dms thanking me already for the book it's a little overwhelming i have to say that like i wrote this thing i with my publisher, we put it into this book form and then we mailed it out to everybody. And then they're coming back to me and saying how much they're enjoying it. So I, I have been reading that people are like listening to things, listening to albums or songs that they haven't considered in a long time. And that was really like my, one of my main goals, like, oh, you know, not every 12 tracks or 14 tracks on an album are home runs, but a lot of them, have been forgotten or just need to be reconsidered so that's a plus the minus is and you kind of hit on it you know barbara's woven into our lives people were married to her people lost their virginity to her (laughs) people (laughs) saw their first r-rated movie with her some people dressed like her got their hair permed like her so like she's such a part of people's lives and i get that and for me to say that I don't like A Star is Born so much is like a mortal wound to some people. And I get it, I get it, but um, it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. You don't have to agree with me, it's okay. And, you know, post about it or
1: write your own book
2: (laughs) about how A Star is Born changed your life.
1: Well, speaking of writing your own books, I think that Jay said (laughs) there are about 60 books written about Barbara. And he yeah. said, with all these books that have been written about her, a lot of them, there have been so many tropes and things written about her, uh you know, that people will talk about the the diva dumb or whatever you want to call it. And in I don't think that any of those authors, with very few exceptions, have ever written out to get her feedback or uh to get their take on anything. Until you, and it's very interesting. I had Tom Santopietro on the show mm. who wrote the book about uh, the way we were. Yeah, and yeah. I love what he told me. You know, Tom and I are good friends. That he had sent her uh, notes, and she would circle things and send them back to him. Did you have the same experience? Did you have any communication mm. with Barbara at all on the book, or was there no? Any other day? Tom was Tom
2: was luckier than I was. Way to go, Tom. No, I mean, I didn't even reach out to her. I just figured, I assumed that Barbara wouldn't want to comment. And also, I knew just because I helped behind the scenes sometimes, she was writing her own book, which comes out in November. November So, you know, she's... (laughs) Exactly. My name is Barbara. So anyway, um, I didn't even reach out. But I did manage to use a lot of the um, Sirius XM interstitials that she recorded when she had her own radio station and I don't think a lot of people have heard those. You had to have been a subscriber. Right. And she talks, uh, she, she gives us a lot of information about her albums on those interstitials that she recorded for uh, Sirius XM. So I, get, I got some good stuff in there uh, from that.
1: Now, you've, when did the Barbara Archives start for you?
2: Oh my God, Richard, there's so much happening. Um, I started Barbara Archives early May 2003. So in just a few days, it's going to be the twentieth anniversary wow. of Barbara Archives. Unbelievable.
1: Were you <clears throat> uh, surprised, or are you surprised at how that took a life of its own?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because um, I just I remember playing around with web design and changing the look so many times and. At, at one point during a redo, I thought, you know, maybe I should start giving my sources because, you know, it's not like I make the stuff up, but um, I would start getting more questions from, let's say, the Oprah Winfrey team, or sometimes Barbara team. Barbara's team would contact me and say, you know, where did that quote come from? And I'm like, eh, let me look back through my notes. So I don't know. I mean, at one point I started, you know, putting my sources. Now, of course, the book is sourced throughout. So... You know, whenever I'm giving somebody's quote or, you know, information or factual uh, info, I'm sourcing it. But I guess that's the way the the websites change the most for me is I've just become a little bit more professional, (laughs) you know, not just throwing up uh, um, quotes that I find along the years. And the other way that um, the website's different from the book is. um, Oh, no, no. My cat's playing with. Got to get away from that is um, the uh, the website tends to be a little Frankensteiny in that I wrote the page on that album like in 2009. And then I find a quote a few years later from somebody who worked on the album, and I put it in there. And then a couple years later, I find another quote, and I put it in there. But maybe if you read through it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The book makes sense. <laughs> The book is completely rewritten from scratch. I definitely tell stories about albums and how they're made. And so it's not quite as Frankenstein-y cobbled together as my website has been.
1: Well, I want to talk about the process of the book.
3: <coughs> yeah.
1: you've, you've had this website for a long time, and it's so extensive. I mean, I have been working, as you know, on a book celebrating the history and legacy of Hello, Dolly!, that, I, that oh. it's, I'm still in the process of. And of course, yeah. I went to you for re- information on uh, the movie version of uh, Dolly, which by the way, I love. It's, I, I love her <laughs> interpretation of Dolly. Um, but you, um, the the process of writing the book, uh, did did you go about the book in the same way that you have been maintaining your website for years or did you have a different approach to the book um
2: almost the same process i have to say i mean this is the truth maybe it well this is maybe like how to write a book when you have a website 101 <laughs> but what i would do is like let's say I first of all i started it chronologically and then i got bored and then i was like well i want to do this album now so then i'd skip ahead and I would copy the text from my webpage and put it in a Word document, and then I would just start from scratch. I'd be like, what's the story? I would ask other questions that relate to the book and not the website, like what's the historical context? What were the Beatles doing? Had they arrived in America yet? Did the rock scene happen? Did the British invasion happen? What was happening with synthesizers? Was it the 80s? What was happening with radio in the 90s? So I asked a lot of important historical questions and integrated and did research on that. And then I also just um and this is the part where I get lost in a glorious, lovely way. I start doing research on the individual songs that are on the album, and I just find the most amazing stories, amazing versions. Um, and I just you know put all that down and then I tell I edit it into an album that makes sense from start to finish and that fits in with the one that came before it, the one that comes after it, or the decade that I'm in. I don't know if that's too much information, but that's kind of what I do. No, as a
1: matter of fact, there's so much information that I want to give. I don't want to give away too many spoilers in your book. But Jay said it himself. uh, You're going to have to have other chapters added to the book because Mm. there's so many things coming out. And there are a few things that you allude to in the book that are in the works. That, for example, are happening in Central Park. Um, that mm. we may, at some point, be able to see the entire concert. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it's well. I definitely write
2: about it, so it's not a secret. But uh, yeah. yeah, they've they finished a cut of the entire entire thing. So you know, it's just everybody knows how Team Barbara goes. I mean, these things have a time and a place and um, to be released. And the time and the place hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will sometime. And um, and uh, I've been helping Jay uh, on this year's releases, which that's all I can say. Something's coming, something good. Some things <laughs> are coming.
1: <laughs> and so I. I going, getting, getting back to the book, uh, there's so many questions going on in my head. Um, did you uh, begin to work again, getting back to what you just said? Uh, you said you got, using your own words, bored going chronologically and you started yeah. jumping around. Um, and you've gotten older as well, going back and revisiting wow. things. Do you have a different way of looking at things as you've gotten older and you're looking at things through life's mm. experiences? Do you listen to things differently than you did when you first listened to things?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, for sure. And um, when I was writing the book, um, it, I, I mean, one of the years was in lockdown, so I was literally, you know, locked in my apartment, like a lot of us were. And um, and then when I wasn't locked in my apartment, um, I had moved and started a new life in a different state after uh a 10-year relationship and i was listening to some songs that just moved me immensely about especially when release me too came out and um i know that a lot of people don't like it but sweet forgiveness just um rocks my core I, I i thought it's i thought walter Afanasiev has written a song about me <laughs> <laughs> and then then i got to once you've been in love um, the last song on Release Me Too, and I had heard bootlegs for that of that for years. I'd, I'd heard uh, um, Sarah Vaughn. I think Sarah Vaughn records a, a cover of it or a version of it, and I never got it. I thought it was, you know, once you've been in love, oh, it's lovely, lo- lovely being in love. And then I listened to what the lyrics are really about, and it's a horrible, horrible breakup. Um, where do you begin once you've been in love <laughs> I mean, it's oh my god it's so so sad
1: <laughs> it it'll break your heart over and over and over again yeah but it's one of those songs i mean
2: again it's one of those you know it's a good cry song i mean i put it on and cry and i feel better <laughs> so thank you barbara
1: well uh, um do you have a favorite uh you you mentioned earlier the concerts um is the timeless concert your favorite concert and it's... No. okay go ahead
2: no no, it's not
1: i like to I like to put on
2: timeless every once in a while because I hardly see it so um on like today, like on her birthday, I'm like, oh God, I mean, wouldn't that be fun to watch timeless again I mean, if I put on a concert, it's usually two thousand six. I just love that concert um I also love The Concert 94. Mhm. That's I mean that was her that was her Judy at Carnegie Hall probably, you know. Yeah.
1: When was the first time that you saw her in concert? Oh,
2: 94. 94. I uh
1: <laughs>
2: I had a friend named Nancy Carrero in Atlanta and we got on the telephone to call Ticketmaster cuz that's <laughs> how you did it back then, <laughs> that's right? right. And um, we were all calling separately, and we had Nancy's mother's credit card number, all of us. There were like three or four of us calling. And I got through. <laughs> and we got the section we wanted. I remember it was row N, like Nancy. And, um, and then I, after I bought the tickets, I tried to call. And, of course, the lines were all busy. And then I finally got her. I was like, Nancy. And she's like, I can't get through. And I was like, I got through. <laughs> I got the tickets. We have tickets to see Barbara Streisand, and um, we uh, we flew to DC because it, it was the Landover, Maryland concert. Because DC didn't have a, a performance venue back in '94. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now they have the Verizon Center or whatever it's been renamed or remonikered now. But back in '94, we had to go. We had to fly to DC and then take a cab up to Landover, Maryland where the arena was and um, oh my God. And I remember, you know, we got out and, you know, I'd never been to a Barbara Streisand concert before. And um, we got into the arena and, you know, you kind of come through like the bleachers, you know, the doors and there was that set, you know, with the curtains. And I was like, oh my God, it was, I'll never forget it. There are
1: moments. You remember all your life, (laughs) and then how many times have you? Do you feel that you've seen her since then?
2: Oh God! Do you want an accurate count? (laughs) I actually kept notes on this. Do you want me to be specific? uh, The first time I
1: saw her was at Madison Square Garden. I had a friend who was working with Roslyn Kind, yeah, and he called me and said, "Do you want to go see Barbara?" And I and I said do I want to go see Barbara? (laughs) Of course I do. And uh, we got very good seats at a very reasonable price. And uh, I, the moment uh, we heard the first chords of music, I, you know, it was like this electricity went through me that I can still feel thinking about it right now. And It and, was
2: it was hard to believe that we were in the same space right. as she was, right? Because,
1: you know, again, when she started, when that happened, you know, going back to that time, we didn't know if she would ever do it again. It was just right. that moment that she was going to do this and we didn't know if it would happen again. Uh, because oh, it was, was such scary. a
2: big deal. Such a big deal.
1: So it was just the, the most amazing time to be able to do this. Um, do you think that she will do a, one more concert?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I think, you know, this is just my opinion, but I think she should do something like a residency in New York. And a, resi- a residency doesn't have to mean a, a nine month run. I, I just, I mean, what would be great is if the Winter Garden became free mm-hmm. and she did like a four night stand at Winter Garden, taped it invited everyone to see it live at exorbitant crazy prices <laughs> Right, but, but then taped it and then and it would be a tv special for everyone to see i mean that's what i think is her her best deal i mean i don't know about a tour she says she says it all the time but i think she means it maybe now that you know these tours these 20 city tours and putting up a set and teching it and lighting it i mean it's a lot of work A lot of work.
1: The one show that I really wish that I had seen, though. I mean, is there a particular concert out of all the concerts that you didn't see that you would have loved Mm. to have seen? Uh, Besides, of course, a happening in Central Park. I think we (laughs) all would have loved to have been there. I was lucky enough to go see Simon and Garfunkel in Central Uh, Park, sitting up on three, watching them. But is there a particular concert that you wish that you had seen uh, live? Well, I was alive
2: in 1967. I was a year old, so I could have seen Central Park, but maybe not. We didn't live in New York. But um, I I mean, I would have loved to have seen live concert at the Forum in 72, but then I would have been... I wouldn't have even been ten yet. So mm-hmm. anyway, I think uh Timeless. Timeless, maybe that's why I watch Timeless is because mm-hmm. I tried to get tickets but you know, I had no money. So I couldn't afford to fly, let alone get a hotel, mm-hmm. let alone afford the ticket. And I was really bummed I had to miss that and um I'd love to see Timeless. So I'll just watch it tonight instead.
1: The Village <laughs> Vanguard Ga- concert, I would have loved to have been able to oh, see. Oh, yeah. It. I mean, that would have been just to be so close because how of cool the you have been? Of it, you know just to get back to the re- roots of that um when i had jay on the show um because i you know rose Puzzo, and i'm going to bring on a photo of rose because today uh rose was i think this is the
3: right you know, you've traveled from all over the place.
1: Oh that's a video. Um here's rose uh in central park uh, because they dedicated a tree in Barbara's honor today. Oh, uh, and That's here's, awesome. And here's Robin, you know, oh. there, always working, at you know, so. Uh, oh, but Rose, she looks great. Uh, and, uh, but Rose had reached out to Jay Landers to get, uh, and he said yes. So thank you, uh, Jay, if you're watching this. Yeah, thank and, you, Jay. Uh, and I, I wanted to go back and I really, uh, Went back and I studied uh, her, uh, the recording of Barbara at the Bonsoir, uh, which was supposed to be her first live uh, recording. And Mm -hmm. that, of course, didn't happen for a myriad of reasons. Read the book, Mm -hmm. everybody, to find out why. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but, you know, it's just one of those that got away at the time, and timing is everything. But it's. I think that everything happens for a reason. And I think it was apropos that it didn't come out at the time so that many years later, after this amazing career that she's had, that we do go back and see where it all began.
2: Well, uh, my publisher, Scott, said this. It's kind of a joke, but it's true. It's perfect timing for my book because it starts in 62 and it ends in 62, which is the year that Bonsoir was recorded as her first album. And then it was released, you know, um, uh, 22, right? 22. I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I I just think that's amazing. And, uh, you know, there's been bootlegs of that album for years, but this is it done right. And God, does it sound good sounds incredible. It's a great recording. Now, now it's a great recording. (laughs) But getting
1: back to what was the impetus for you to write this book? I mean, I mean, obviously we've got the website and everything's there, but now we have the book to go with that. Uh, What was the impetus for you? Well, Scott asked me. I mean,
2: Scott Ryan reached out and said that he liked my website and that I should write a book about Barbara's music. And I just thought that was a great idea. I'd always wanted to write a book. Um, I've tried self-publishing years ago and found it to be a pain in the ass. Um, and um, I've seen other, uh, not barber books, but other sort of fan books that have been self-published and they tend not to look so great. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't understand CMYK versus RGB, <laughs> it can be a mess and anybody who knows about printing and color uh and color um spectrums or whatever it's called color uh libraries knows what i'm talking about but but um i i felt honored to be asked by somebody
1: and i thought it was a great idea and um was it an easy this- sale for you i mean right away was it uh did you jump at the chance to do this or did you say let me think about it how did that begin God. for you
2: I think I said, let me think about it. I think I did. I don't, I'd have to ask Scott. Um, he did get back to me. Um, so it seems like we talked about it more than once. He did get back to me and said, uh, the day that he called or texted, he said, what other publisher is playing um, guava jelly from Butterfly in his car right now? <laughs> so, I mean, Scott was an inspiration, too, because he is such a lover of Streisand's music and he's a freak over the concert. So every time we talk about the concert on our little YouTube videos, he uh, great, right, by the way, work. I love your
1: YouTube videos.
2: Well, you know, they're fun to do. It's a little bit of work, it's a few hours. And Scott has to edit them, but every time we posted, we hold three or four or five books. Um, a way to get the word out, but I think we also got ourselves a little following. And, um, it was kind of sad when we ended, and then people were like, "Come back, come back, do a sequel." Talk about one album at a time. Anyway, um, well, the funny, it thing was is fun to do. Two of you
1: have like this rapport. <laughs> it seems like you've been lifelong friends, and you all you come across. We, have,
2: we haven't even met
1: in person, but you come across like a comedy team. Like you just bounce uh, off of each other so perfectly, right. and then add right. Jay mean, into that mix, and it's a perfect, it's a perfect trio.
2: You know, Scott is funny because he's he's he uh, he uses his outside his in, his inside thoughts. He speaks outside, and I usually just, usually just keep it in. <laughs> so he'll just blurt out anything, whether it's appropriate or not. And sometimes that just tickles me. And um and I think Jay learned uh, that it's that it, it's his way as well. Uh, he doesn't mean any harm. He's just uh, speaking his mind. He just says whatever's on his mind. that's and you know, he's a He's an entrepreneur self-publisher, so I think you gotta be that way. So we have fun together during those videos. And we even talked uh today um about publishing stuff and about the book and <clears throat> about how to tell people to go buy it at Amazon because um we've talked about it being sold out. What that really just means is that we ordered a certain amount of books and um they've been distributed to where they need to go. And this little pod of books is gone and this little pot of books is gone but the pot of books at amazon we sent them over a certain amount of books that that those still exist and those should still be selling until they sell out and then we've done a second printing which is coming in a few months too so i mean that's um that's good news
1: (laughs) i will say this i see your cat wandering around in the background yeah Uh, we had a cat named acorn uh, long <laughs> gone, but Acorn—it was—it was the oddest thing. If Barbara was ever on TV or something, Acorn would always stop and sit in front of the TV. There was something Aww. about Barbara's voice that Acorn was just attracted to. I'm Acorn has so good taste. Yeah, very good taste. Um, <laughs> So I want to go back to Jay for a moment because Jay, you know, he really believes in what you've done with this book and the project and with good reason. Um, When did you first reach out to Jay? Did you ever reach out uh, to him uh, through your website or did it just begin with the book?
2: Well, I have a relationship with Jay Landers and Richard J. Alexander. And um, we love sometimes, yeah i mean all good and sometimes barbara's manager marty ehrlichman and his staff and then barbara has a a team of her own that does that helps her with research or if she's going on a tv show or something and they need a photograph i help them out with things like that so this is a relationship i mean when you asked me earlier about how the websites changed i've also developed relationships with this whole team over the last i mean let's say since 2009 maybe since 2009 um uh, you know we've all been interacting a lot more and of course um that reaction is cemented when barbara gives concerts and i'm invited and i watch a concert and say hello to everybody i mean it's i really do miss those days um when barbara was concertizing but um uh with jay landers um the book was pretty much written by the time I reached out. And I was scared to ask, um, and Scott was not scared to ask, and he said, just ask. So (laughs) we're good for each other that way. And I asked Jay if he would write the forward to the book. And then it just was sort of pointed out to me that I wasn't using Jay as best I could, since he really is a repository of so many memories and information about so many albums for so many decades So even though we were close to publishing, I kind of focused Jay, instead of like starting from scratch, which we couldn't have done, I just focused Jay. I was like, Jay, I talk about um, the duet with Frank Sinatra right here. Give me a story, tell me what you remember. And then he would write some things and I would just be like, oh my God, that's fantastic. And we'd drop it in. And so we just sort of did this precision drop-ins of Jay's quotes on very important projects that he worked on, like the Frank Sinatra duet, or like Higher Ground, or like the concert, and even Just For The Record, which was really the first big project that he worked on of Barbara's. Mm -hmm. And he always is so um, articulate, and um, he even told me great stories that I had never heard before. I heard that they tried to do a duet with Madonna on anything you can do, I can do better, for Barbara's album, uh, Back to Broadway. But now he tells me that it was meant to be a trio of Bette Midler, Madonna, and Barbara. And of course it never worked out. And David Foster had created this arrangement where, you know, uh, Madonna's uh, anything you can do part would be sort of like, anything you can do, I can do better, like voguing. And then Bette Midler's was supposed to be like, you know, when beneath your wings, or something like anything you can do, I mean anyway, I'm making this stuff. I haven't heard it because it doesn't exist <laughs> except as a demo, but in my mind, it's
1: fantastic. <laughs> well, of course it is. How could it not be <laughs> wouldn't she want to hear that? Of course, I would um, <laughs> you know, I am a real believer in manifestation uh, I, me personally, and i when I look at you and you mentioned. That when the Timeless Concert happened, you said, I couldn't even afford to buy a plane ticket to go and see that if I wanted to. And then move forward in your life, and you're being invited to these concerts, and you're being invited backstage, as you can see. Could you have imagined that this would happen because of your love? Because it's a passion that you have. And obviously, um, it's more than just a passion, Matt, because you are, you know, and I use, I call my show Richard Skipper Celebrates. Uh, you <laughs> celebrate her on such a level, and you have, am I making you cry? Yes. Okay. It's good.
2: Uh, I, 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 listen, I've call had me. COVID. I've had COVID,
1: so I... <laughs> I don't don't blame it on COVID. Call me Barbara Walters. <laughs> If yes, Barbara. Three, are what's... you going to
2: ask me when I'm going to get married? Okay, yes. go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No. Uh, are you <clears throat> Are you planning to get married?
2: No. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Barbara's going to sing at your wedding. Uh, no. Um, but could you have imagined that this that you would have created this life for yourself? Because you have created this.
2: The answer is yes, <laughs> and that's not egotistical. It was my dream to meet Barbra Streisand as soon as I became a huge fan of hers. And, um, and I have. And, um, and I just, I, I cherished her movies and her music and her career and the way she made me, the way she made me feel. <laughs> I cherished it so much that I was like, I must meet her someday. And, <clears throat> and I must see her in concert someday. And of course, when I first started liking her, and, 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 you know, being a, a Streisand stan, as they say, um, I, I thought that she'd never, I'd never see her in concert. I'd never see her live. And now I've been so grateful and lucky to see her so many times and, and the dress rehearsals and um, going backstage, I mean, unbelievable. The fact that she's, she's given me hugs and knows who I am. And I mean, that just blows my mind. I mean, it just blows oh, yes. my mind. Well, well congratulations! Um,
1: <laughs> it all, and it all started with the end
2: you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it all began the day I found that from my window I could only see a piece of sky.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but once you began to delve in, um, you know, it's one thing to have this passion, but you have devoted your life to it. What, why, what was it about Barbara? That you want to share the it's the it's not just the fact of uh, the art that she's created the artistry, <clears throat> but you've delved so deeply into the art that she's created to share with so many others.
2: Well, I come from a performing background, even though I don't do it today. So, and my sister is a singer. And I've known so many singers and performers and cabaret artists, and I've done cabarets and I've directed cabarets. And basically, what Barbara does is cabaret, Mm -hmm. it's just in stadiums. That's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And putting together a Barbara set list is no different than what folks in New York do when they're at 54 Below. It's just that she has other considerations and larger venues to fill and things like that. But anyway, that being All that being said, because I have that background, I am interested in more than just who wrote that song. I wanna know everything. I, I wanna know her process. I mean, if you talk about manifestation, I'd love to see her record sometime. I know it's a really private kind of thing for her these days, but I'd love to see her record sometime. Uh, I, I love to hear stories. I mean, interviewing William Ross, um, her arranger, conductor of the in these late last years. I mean, when you read the book, the his interview that I I've published is a little technical, but my God, I love it. I mean, he talks about click tracks and you know, r- recording and re-recording and things like that. I mean, I love all that stuff. So I have. Well, little... I love.
1: Excuse me for interrupting. I love what Jay yeah. uh, says about uh, <clears throat> what Barbara does in the studio and what she does in the process and what she brings to the table in terms of the collaboration, because she is a true collaborator. And again, I (coughs) applaud you throughout the book that you've got these little boxes of the different collaborators that she's worked with throughout the years. And that's incredible because collaboration is very important in this business. And I love the fact that you've done that.
2: Well, and Jay's a great example. I mean, Barbara is the star. Barbara is the center attraction. Let's not all forget that. But she does have people like Jay and Richard Jay and William Ross and Peter Matz and Harold Arlen behind the scenes working to support her and and putting it together, you know, to quote a Stephen Sondheim song. You know, these songs just don't materialize, even though she is pretty magical. (laughs) But I also think that she wouldn't talk about, because I think she is modest, I think she wouldn't talk about the sweat that goes into, and of course it looks so so easy and so effortless to us, but they work very hard behind the scenes, and I want to write about that. That interests me. I hope it interests other people.
1: Keep you know? talking. I'm looking for a quote in the book that I want to... Oh, yeah. Uh, I love what Richard Rogers wrote on the back of Simply Streisand. He said, nobody's talented enough to get laughs, to bring tears, to sing with the depth of a fine cello or the lift of a climbing bird. Nobody that is except Barbara. She makes our music world a much happier place than it was before. Sincerely, Richard Rogers. What a great thing. And this was so early on in her career that he wrote that. Well, and she was able on her first few albums to get some
2: of the songwriting greats to write the back al- the back cover al- uh, liner notes. I mean, Harold Arlen wrote some, Richard Rodgers. Um,
1: and I love you know, that you, I, I love the story that you mentioned in the book that uh, when Sondheim met Barbara and he said, what is this thing that, and I'm paraphrasing, forgive me, uh, that you and Harold Arlen had? And right. she talks about that, <clears throat> connection they had because that album or that of harold arlen and barbara is truly and they only do just a couple of tracks together but it's truly one of my favorite cds
2: yeah yeah harold sings arlen with a friend that's actually out of out of print so if you can find it on uh ebay um snatch it up
1: Uh, here's, uh, uh from Steve Pugh. uh, Matt, love what you produced and thank you uh, so much for your dedication. Uh, oh, totally thanks, Steve. uh, yes. Um, and again from Yvonne B, uh, Matt, thank you for sharing your passion with us. Uh, we're all, <laughs> thank back- you, Yvonne. I mean, it's great that you do this. Um, yeah. y- the book is just, uh, completed. Uh, you know, a lot of times, and I always love this, you know, I'm not the kind of person to say, so what's next? Uh, because you're, there's so much, you've been, how did take you from start to finish to create this book? Uh,
2: this was two years. Um, I started in 2020. Is that right? 2020, 2021, 2022. We, we printed it in 2022, and then it took forever to get here. For the April release date, and we did end up shipping out early to anybody who pre-ordered through the publisher. But um, yeah, probably you know a little over two years from start to
1: finish. So you were on the show a year ago tonight. Well, Uh, we yeah, and we announced the book. You announced the book, and I said (laughs) I want you on here a year from tonight, and here you are talking about (laughs) the I know, I know. I'm glad. I'm
2: glad we made it.
1: So are you able to do any book signings or anything uh, as a result? I mean, but I, I know that are coming out of COVID and I know that you're just getting over COVID, but are, are you going right be- to-
2: no. <laughs> Right now, no. I'm still in my five-day window. I think okay. I'm clear on Wednesday, but then I got a mask. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, um, no, I'm, you know, the truth is, like I said, we've kind of sold everything. So we talked about doing- um, a signing. We talked about maybe going to LA or something, but that just didn't happen. And and obviously it would have been screwed up this week. I mean, had things progressed and I had gotten sick like I had, but I also have a new job. So it's, um, harder for me to get around. And, um, I don't know, maybe in the future, I'd love to do that. I think that would be fun. God, is there like a Streisand convention? Palooza? I think you
1: should start one. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, her fans are out, uh, you know, out there. And I know I mean Rose is one of them. I mean, they were all planting a tree in Central Park. Yeah.
2: You know, in the 90s, um, Alison Waldman and that group used to do uh conventions, Streisand conventions, and they did one in Los Angeles, and then they went to go visit Barbara's compound in Malibu. Uh which you can no longer do, and in the also in the '90s, they did one in New York City, and they had Barry Denon, um, you know, uh, from Jesus Christ Superstar, and who was her friend and sort of mentor in the early days. He he came and played his tapes, his famous tapes that uh, he never gave back to her, that he recorded in the '60s. Anyway, um, um, yeah, I wish I was around for those. I've seen pictures and stuff. <clears throat> but that was sort of before my my day, before my fandom, before I sort of checked in and found everybody online. I mean, online has been the great tool for us all to find each other, the Barbara Streisand fans. Um, I think especially lately, it's just been really great. I mean, it's helped us sell the book for sure. And um, it's where I've met a lot of fans. I mean, I meet them online and then sometimes if I'm in their city or something, I meet them in person. Well, I hope this been is fun. Good.
1: Uh, and you're in North Carolina now, am I correct?
2: I am, yeah, in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, Beautiful town.
1: You know, I, I, well, I, I know it very well. I, I'm originally from South Carolina, so uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Favorite version of people.
2: Ninety-four concert. First, be a person who needs people. <laughs> not bad, not bad with COVID
1: throat. No, not bad at all. Not bad. <laughs> that note, that
2: people. Uh,
1: What's yours? Uh, uh, my favorite version of people. Uh, yeah, from the from the uh, from the movie. Oh I yeah, just... I write about that in the book. It's
2: the only version on record that has the reprise.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, I she have...
2: sang it on Broadway, but they yes. didn't record it. And
1: there are. Uh, and and I love you know, I love the um end uh, the well a few years ago they did the uh road uh uh show version of uh Funny Girl. Uh and I went to see it at the Ziegfeld. And yeah. uh I love the interact music and the exit music. I wish that they would put all of that uh on oh. the cast recording. And you talk about that in the book. It would yeah. be cool to have that. Um, yeah. and uh second hand rose and you know those other uh pieces there um favorite yeah. uh non musical ver- uh uh movie of barbara
2: non musical <clears throat> prince of tides lately
1: Rock. why
2: um i think it's her best directed movie out of the three she's directed i think it's also just besides the fact that it's Barbara and I love her so, I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good movie. Um, and uh, recently, my friend Matt Clinton and I went to uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, and visited Buford. the locations.
1: Beaufort. No, it's Beaufort. No, no there's no a Beaufort, Lo- North Carolina, and there's a Beaufort, South Carolina. But when we were there, I kept saying Beaufort, and the locals kept saying it's Beaufort. Well, when I, when I was in South Carolina, I was always told it was Buford. Am I wrong? I don't know. Am I wrong? Somebody say, set us straight. You say Buford and I say Beaufort. I say Beaufort. <laughs> <laughs> let's go on the road. Let's go to Buford or
2: Beaufort and let's do it. You can sell your Dolly book and I'll sell my Barbara book and then we'll do this duet.
1: <laughs> you say Buford and I say Beauford. <laughs> what would Barbara say? Uh,
2: Beaufort, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's Jay, that scene. You're of...
1: Watching Ask Barbara, is it Buford or Beaufort? I've always there's thought, that... Buford. I thought there was a Beaufort, North Carolina, and there's a Buford, South Carolina. Um, so
2: honestly, okay. honestly, I all I know is what they told me when I was there, and I was just like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But anyway, we visited the locations and what a beautiful town. And it was warm like in October. And uh, I mean, that just made me love that movie even more. And we tried to get to uh, the house where um, now I have uh, memory fog, so forgive me. But the family lived, they lived on the beach. And, mm-hmm. you know, he goes jogging on the beach. We tried to get to that house, but it's in like a private, secure island. And they wouldn't even let us on. We were like, but, you know, we really just want to drive by because we're big Barbara Streisand fans. So we want it. And they're like, Turn around, sir. <laughs> they, were, they weren't having it. So if you had we tried... said we
1: are Pat Conroy fans, they may have, you know. Oh, yeah. His
2: house is on that island too. Yes. His house. I think it's been sold now. But anyway, um, that that town is so beautiful. If anybody ever has a chance to visit, uh, especially in warm weather, it's such a beautiful, beautiful trip. Nice people, beautiful island, great food.
1: Well, I want to let everybody know. Later this week, I have Austin Pendleton on the show, and oh. uh, yes, and Richard Moby Junior is on the show, and mm. Dave Meyer is my next door neighbor. So, oh, so, and of course, tell tell him how much we love starting here, starting now. Yes, yes, yes. This hour flew for me. Uh, you, oh. uh, the hour's so, gone. You know, so and, fast. Yes, and but everybody. This book—it's just incredible. It's you. Congratulations! I mean, Thank when you, you said a year ago that you were writing this book, I got so excited. And uh, when the book arrived, uh, it was beyond what I expected, and it's great. Oh, good. Um, good, good. Do you have a favorite section in the book?
2: Yeah, um, I like. Um... I like the collaborators. I like writing about the collaborators. So all those sections. So John Peters and William Ross and Richard J. and I, those were kind of fun to put together. I, I enjoyed those. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. the next big collaborator is you. So uh that's the one I'm looking forward to. So uh I'm gonna see it happen. I'm gonna manifest it. Uh don't go thank anywhere you. uh because I'm gonna give okay. you the final word today. Uh it okay. could be about anything that we spoke about today that you wanna build upon, <clears throat> anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message you want to leave everyone with today. I want to thank everybody for being here today. Uh as uh uh tonight, uh celebrate Barbara by listening to our music. Uh go out uh Listen, uh, you know, go and watch a concert that are on YouTube. A lot of clips are there. Uh, just go down the rabbit hole tonight and celebrate all things, Barbara. You'll thank both of us. Uh, better yet, get this book. Order two copies, keep one for yourself and send one to your best friend. Pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call, and let that person know what they mean to you after all fill in the blank
2: people people People. people.
1: (laughs) yes people who need people are the luckiest people in the world and when barbara first heard the lyric what did she say matt
2: she thought people who don't need people are the luckiest people in the world
1: you know but (laughs) we're all connected, we're all connected. When we hear about horrible things that are happening in the world, they affect all of us because we are all interconnected. And I couldn't do this without all of you showing up. Uh, Matt couldn't have a successful book without all of you buying the book. We are all interconnected. Every album that Barbara has recorded, every single that she's done, every film that she's done, every concert that she's done has all succeeded because of all of the people coming together. And it truly is about the people. And uh, so please reach out to someone. As a dear friend of mine always said, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same size boat. I don't care if you are in a canoe, or if you're in a rowboat, or if you're on a tugboat, pushing everything upstream uh, on, uh, like *Barbara Streisand. Just remember, if you're on a boat, make sure you've got a skipper by your side. And with that, I'm going to leave the screen. And Matt, it's all yours. Thank you for all you've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And anytime you have anything to plug, I hope that you'll keep me in mind.
2: Thank you, Richard. Thank Thank you you for having me. Thank you, it's Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, I just think I should probably just thank all the fans that watched all those YouTube videos, everybody who pre-ordered the book. You know, it wasn't a, a, a big publishing label, it was independent publishing. So we had to work hard to get your <clears throat> attention and your sales. And I really do appreciate it. And I really do hope that you enjoy the book, that it's something that you put on your barber book shelf with the rest of the books that you've uh, bought all these years. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you find out something new about her, re- amazing recording career that you didn't know before. And uh, lastly, I think I just need to thank Barbara herself. I mean, that's why I'm here and that's why you're here. We're all fans. Uh, We all love her. We're all dedicated to her. We all love her attention to detail. We all love her miraculous voice. And um, I can't wait to hear what comes next. Um, And I can't wait to read her book. thank you so much everybody i appreciate it happy barbara's birthday 24th of april bye